The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unstuff America. I am your host, Andrew Mellon. I'm here with my co-host, Debbie Black. Hi. (laughs) And our very (laughs) special guest today is Kathleen Ronald. Kathleen is a networking queen and also an amazing business coach and strategist. And I'm so happy to have her here with us today. She's got a program called the Clutternomic System, and I'm excited to share that with you. And just to get some great strategies and tips from Kathleen, she's worked with tens of thousands of people uh, professionally over her career, uh, including working at Mary Kay, Baskin Robbins. She's got a great story about Baskin Robbins and her current work as a coach and as an entrepreneur. So Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Hi everybody. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Tell us a little bit about where you come from. Tell us about how you got to be um, the amazing person that you are and just share a little bit with us about about the backstory. Wow, let's do the short story. Could take a whole hour anyway. I was born and raised in Washington State. I'm one of six children. And um, when I was 21, I opened up a dance company. And then after that, I came to California and I never left because in our town, it rains 90 inches of rain a year. And it's called Gray's Harbor. Mm. And when I first left town and went to Hawaii, I wrote my friends specifically and I said, you know, when it rains here in Hawaii, it doesn't rain for nine more months. It will rain <laughs> and the next day it's funny. Right. And so it was like, that was really, as a young girl, I'm like, wow, you guys need to move to Hawaii. So <laughs> I ended up in, in California. I was in the Bay Area for 25 years. I opened up Nordstrom Valley Fair 30 years ago. I did all the customer service training. I ran the personal touch department. And from there, I went to Apple Computer, got my first temp job with John Scully at Apple Computer, and then got a permanent job there with Morris Teradalski. Moved on to a marketing firm where we produced for Apple, IBM, Digital Kodak, product launches, sales conferences. So everything was strategy. I trained with Tony Robbins for five years. So I'm a mind chiropractor, which really comes in handy because everything starts in the brain, as you know. You know, clutter is a mental game. You know, yep. every piece that we own in our home has a story that we made up. So no we doubt. write and produce that. Yes. So um, anyway, uh, so from the marketing firm, and then probably, I don't know, 18, then I consulted at Sun Microsystems. We went around the world twice with developers. I worked in the marketing arm of that. And then I just, you know, as a consultant, I did that. And then I was going to, it was interesting. I got laid off of that beautiful, magnificent consulting gig. And it was so interesting because I was going back into a consulting job and I wanted to step out more into the speaking and training. So I thought that was a good idea. So I do this thing called prayer marketing. I've worked with angels for over 25 years. And literally I hear as I'm walking downtown Los Gatos, this thing in my head goes, we don't want you to go back to marketing. 
well, I was, you know, double six figures. I mean, it was a good gig. <laughs> and like, what, you know, do you see a second income at my house? So I go home and I pray in my book. I have this book, Tough-Minded Faith for Tender-Hearted People. And I fan the book and I open it up. And I told, the prayer was, if I see the word speaking or talking, then that's a direction for me not to go to marketing for three days a week and start my career. And so as I tentatively fanned the book and opened it, it said something about you'd be a great missionary or evangelist. And my fear mind said, thank God it didn't say speaking or talking. And then I hear this voice going, what about a missionary or evangelist doesn't involve speaking or talking? I'm like, well, you have a point, God, okay, okay. So I closed the book and I called the company. I said, you're not going to believe this, but I had a conversation with God and I'm not supposed to come and be marketing. I need to go out and do what I was meant here to do full time speaking and now consulting coaching for the last 25 years, you know, and certainly for the last 20 full time. So I took the leap. And as you know, as an entrepreneur and any of you who are out there, it's kind of like, I remember reading an article, it's like jumping off of a pool with no water and you create the water on the way down. You know, it's kind of that feeling as an entrepreneur when you're taking the leap out of that security and it's another opportunity to release, right? All the fear and anxiety and self-esteem issues or anything that prevented you from stepping into more in your life. Well, it's so interesting because they, um, oh, they also talk about building- How I arrived. They also talk about building- they, they talk about building the airplane in mid-flight, right? I mean, it's, a, it's a similar metaphor. Well, it's, no, it was a pool, I'm sorry. So you're jumping into a pool <laughs> without any water and you create the water on the way down into yes. the pool. You know, that feeling, there's so much fear. Can you imagine jumping into a pool with no water? That's kind of, it can be crippling. Yes. And, you know, clutter is beyond physical clutter, right? physical, mental, body clutter, two-legged clutter, people that you want to bless and release and let them prosper elsewhere. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, that's, and here I am. And here you are. So, uh, so tell us a little bit more about Clutternomics. Well, Clutternomics, it's interesting. Um, I, st I, I started this work, I was living in Los Gatos with Nordstrom. So I landed in Los Gatos, a sweet little mountain town in the Silicon Valley. And I moved into a really sweet one bedroom apartment. And I'm not really great with square footage, but might've been 750, 800 square feet. And it was in rent control. So it was only $525 a month. Nice. And it went up to 825. I was there for 13 years. So the good thing about having a small space is, unless you're a hoarder, is that you have to keep things small right? Or you're overwhelmed. Sure. So I got this feeling that I was always in a little, mm, mm, mm. so mm. I picked up this book by Karen Kingston. It was Clear Your Clutter uh, with Feng Shui. Yeah. You know, love it. So I picked up that book and I had no idea at the time, you know, I went through the book and I was doing the work and, and the thing that really hit me from that book is I didn't realize clutter was a healing opportunity. Mm. What do you mean didn't by that? Know that. What do you, you know, I just thought that? we were just removing stuff. So at first, that's what I was kind of doing. And so probably um, about 12 years ago, I started doing teleclasses. And I did an accelerated business method teleclass using the three principles. Number one, 
you've got to have a great self-esteem <laughs> or work on it. You know, we're always working on it, right? We're always becoming and evolving and releasing and peeling the onion, if you will. Um, so I did one on self-esteem. I did the five keys to evict negative thinking. And I did this thing called um, just space clearing, I think the name of it at the time. <clears throat> so when I started asking people, why did you choose this teleclass over the other teleclasses? And they all said they chose it specifically for the space clearing. Got it. I thought, interesting. So it became such a need. And then I created for five years, I would bring in guest experts and I did a year long boot camp. And we looked at physical clutter, mental clutter, um, clearing your invincible factor. Are you ready for a fire, um, a damage, uh, whatever, death? You know, are you ready? Is all your stuff ready? And I have a friend that wrote this phenomenal book. And so she was a speaker. And then I had a health coach, Robin Nielsen, come in. And she talked about body clutter. You know, how do we release all those diseases so you can have a healthy life? So there was many different speakers all addressing different parts of life's clutter, if you will. Right. Uh-huh. So I did that for five years. So let me stop you right there, Kathleen. Yeah. So why don't you, I mean, what I think would be super helpful for the audience would yeah. be if you can remember, if you could, if any one of like, give us a tip for each one of those different areas, right? Even if it was, even if it, it was, it was the genesis of one of your guest speakers, right? I mean, it wasn't necessarily your content but because it was in your program. So let's talk about body clutter. Let's talk about one tip that we can give the, the listeners that, will take, that they can take away from each of those areas that is immediately actionable that they can, that they can start to work on. And what is body clutter? You know, the body clutter is an interesting thing. I've, my weight has been my teacher since eighth grade, and it's still teaching me. So currently I'm working with a healer. We're working on body code and emotional code. You know, we're going into the body to clear things that, you know, have this stuck memory possibly. So that's kind of a tool I'm using. But certainly wherever you're at right now, without getting overwhelmed, what's one thing that you can release from your diet? <laughs> you know, if it's Diet Coke that you have, try sparkling water. You know, if not this, this, right? You know, just to kind of release that you know, get a foundation, get to the doctor, know your blood work, know what's going on with your vitamin D and, and your thyroid. And, you know, I discovered my thyroid wasn't working. And so we had to clear that up. And, and sure, so but again, I, I, I mean, I, I think that it's potentially overwhelming for folks. I mean, so if so like, what's one is, thing? Yeah. So I like thing the idea that, of... I do that really, really works. I have an accountability partner. Uh -huh. I don't love to exercise. I don't bounce out of the bed and go like some of my friends do. If I have an accountability partner and how that works is we commit right now, it's two times a week, 30 minutes. Okay. Because I hadn't worked out for 16 months because of my accident that I mentioned to you. Yep. So now I'm back. Every time we don't work out, it's $25. Uh, Where does the, who gets the 25 bucks? My accountability gets it if I don't do it. And I get it if she doesn't do it. Got it. What if you both blow it off? <laughs> then we both get checks. Okay. Got you it. You know, you can't wash it. You have to be on the honor system. And got the thing it. is, it's so profound. So I've got my ozone machine and my workouts. Now, eventually, I'll work it up to three or four days a week. But I just want to win. So I said, okay, two days a week at 30 minutes is doable. And then I'll build as I can. So right. it was accountability buddies on one action can change over consistent effort. 
Okay, so takeaways are accountability, buddy. You know, using yeah. somebody to hold you accountable and, yeah. and actually have some skin in the game. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you got to cough up 25 bucks if, if, um, if you blow off uh, exercise. And then one thing, look for one thing in your diet that you can release. Yeah, just start with one thing. Yeah, I mean, you for know, me, I sugar. I just, I just, I sugar from my diet. What's that? I removed sugar from my diet. That was the one thing that I just got rid of. Good for you. Wow. Now that's, I did that for a year. I was about five grams of sugar a day, just trying to see why the body's still holding on to weight, even when I was doing what I thought was good. So yeah. it's complex, but congratulations to you. That's magnificent. Yeah. I mean, sugar's in everything. Well, yeah, and sugar is, uh, you know, I mean, we, I don't want to go down that yeah. rabbit hole, okay. but I find sugar sugar to be uh, pretty toxic for me and pretty addictive. So, I mean, yeah. once I have some, I want some more and, oh, yeah. you know, and a pint of ice cream is a serving. So it's, well, it's just, better yeah, just, it's like crack cocaine, right? Yeah. It's eight times more addictive than crack All right, cocaine. So, so that's body, that's body uh, clutter. Let's talk about, let's talk about networking because I think a lot of the listeners are people who are, who have some funny ideas about networking and yeah. i know that often when i walk into a client's uh office or home there is a shoebox full of business cards that they have been accumulating like they are baseball cards like they are collecting them as if as if that collection means something they've never contacted a single person after a single conference they have this ridiculous collection of business cards and they it's just it's garbage Nobody yep. wants to hear from you two years after you attended an event. Hey, yep. remember I met you back in 2004 at that yep. conference? I, I'm ready now for us, that collaboration that we were talking about over lunch. They're like, yeah, I did that 14 years ago and <laughs> I've moved on. I don't, I don't even remember talking to you. Yeah. So yep. um, what, you know, give us some strategies for, so that we, so that people who attend events, who they attend conferences, yep. they go to workshops, and they tend to bring home all of this crap that yep. that they don't do anything with. It's like a souvenir. It's not a souvenir. So oh, what's your okay. advice? Yeah, the tchotchke people. You can tell who the hoarders are. They have three bags and all this crap. You know, mm -hmm. I go through those things and I don't have anything unless I need it. And yeah. you can just see people by the way they have. So let's talk follow-up because that's it. Yeah. You go out, you spent all this money, and you showed up at an event to follow up. Now you have to clear your way to a strategy to actually like get a return on your investment. You don't yep. want it to die with a stack of cards. So this is what I do. I have a whole system that I developed. So if I'm at a conference uh, and because I'm usually the keynote speaker or a breakout speaker or, or something of that avenue, I have to block off an entire week, sometimes two to three hours a day, just to do the follow-up from the people that I've met. Now that's me because of my position. Right. Most people don't have to do that or that volume. So the number one thing that most people miss, and this is a million dollar tip, because when I ask my audiences, how many of you book your follow-up when you book an appointment? So you go to an event. Did you book your follow-up? Is it currently on your calendar? 2% of the audience will raise their hand. Mm. I could have a thousand people and maybe, you know, five hands go up. So if you book an appointment, book the follow-up million dollar tip. Nobody uses that strategy and the lights go on and go, wow, why didn't I think of that? That's so okay. But what happens in that follow-up meeting? So talk to me about so what, this so, is what happens. So I've got a stack of cards, right? Yep. And I take the cards and they sit to the left of my computer. Okay. 
And I write notes on the cards too, you know, to me memory. I also, at this point of my turning sexy this year and having some memory issues, I will even have them hold up their name tag with their face and take their picture. Because I want to see them, I want to remember them. Ding, 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 ding. So I love it. So I get home and I have my cards. And I ask four questions for. Number one, do I owe them any promised items? You know, like, oh, hey, listen, you need to, like, I wrote down a note to introduce you to my friends, you know, at NSA. So I want to follow up on that. So I write a note. So I would send you an email on that promise. That's number one. Number two, is there someone in my network that they need to meet for whatever reason? Joint uh -huh. venture, you know, they need to use their products and services as a friendship, whatever. Then I look at, are they a potential client? Do I want to set up a walk and talk? Because I like to do walk and talks. I don't like to do lunches or coffees. I like to double, you know, walk when I talk. And then I want to get to know you, know about your services. And so I'm just my word, integrity number one. Now, when I'm done with that card, it moves to the right of my computer. What's the fourth? Um, okay, menopause. I wasn't thinking, okay, <laughs> number one, do I owe you anything? Can I connect you? Are you a client? Hmm. I'll get back maybe to you. Maybe there's only three. Maybe there's only three. Three's <laughs> a good number. There's only three. No, four. They're so automatic that, you know, I just do it. Please forgive me, everybody. I think you know what sexy means sometimes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and then I go through the cards. Yep. Okay. If there's no action, they don't get any action. You know, I might say, it's great to meet you. And then they get banded and they get noted. What is the event? What is the day? What did I speak on? Then they go to my virtual assistant in Indiana. She puts them into the database. Got it. Uploads the Outlook. Then I plug it into my phone. She uploads it into my electronic e-zine. So we're managing all that data. Got because it. Because years ago, I, I am, I can be the mayor of the town in any room that I walk into and I meet a lot of people and I love them all. They're like all new best friends and it can be overwhelming, yes. even the thought of it. So mm -hmm. that's the first step that I do. So that's very managed process. So you have to have a process for it. Yeah, that's a and great block system. your calendar. The other thing is too, when I teach my classes, because I train with Tony Robbins and I'm a mind chiropractor. I don't so much talk about the how to follow up because the context of follow up is different for every single situation, right? Mm -hmm. What you have to look at, what prevents you from doing your follow up? And what are your thoughts that you're thinking about having to do the follow up? Because mm -hmm. energetically, you have to clear that. Number one, if you know what specifically prevents you from doing your follow up, you can create a solution for those things. So here, I'm going to give you one because I yeah. have this problem myself, right? So here's a, you know, here's, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell on myself, right? Yeah. I meet people, they um, often love me and yeah. want to follow up with me. And I get uh, overwhelmed with shyness of not wanting to be imposing. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be that cloying, like, hey, remember we met at that conference? Because it's not, it's not that I lack self-esteem or that I don't think that I'm worth knowing. 
but I just don't want to be a nudge or a pest for somebody. It's, I, I feel like I'll reach out to you once. And if I don't hear back from you, I'll wait for you to come back to me because I, I now I don't take it personally and think like, um, they're avoiding me. Cause I know that when I don't respond to somebody, it's, it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with, I'm choosing to do something else. And I, and I'm clear that they're choosing to do something else as well. But then the asserting myself back in and saying, Hey, I really think this is, this will be useful to you. Cause often using your benchmarks, right? I mean, often the follow-up is about me connecting them with somebody else or getting them a piece of material that they asked for. It's seldom about necessarily converting them into a client of mine. Right. It's more about this, this is useful information, but still it feels like, well, maybe they don't want the useful information. Did they ask for it? Yeah. When you met them? Sure. They asked for it. Okay. So you have a limiting belief and you're projecting, right? So a lot of people, I'm shy. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to respond. I don't want to be a pest. I don't want to bother you, right? Yeah. So if somebody is interested in you, they have given you the green light to come into their world. I'm fascinated with you. Now, if they are interested in coaching or speaking, like I just make it easy for two people to do business with me. I always give them the benefit of the doubt. Now I will follow up maybe three or four times via email and I use comedy. Then I pick up a phone and I use comedy. And after that, I said, listen, and then the final email, this always works, you know, I'll kind of go through the process. Yeah. In the final email in the subject line, I said, last email attempt, please let me know. 98% of the time, it works. I mean, I was working with a gentleman that literally, I just kept think, 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 think along the way, probably two years. Yep. Finally got connected to a big opportunity that goes, you know, North America wide. And I finally, after three years, landed on their platform on the main stage. So it's just fascinating. If I have a soul connection with somebody, I know that they're busy, that they're triple warp speed with their hair on fire, you know. I, I might not be on the A-list of their day. I might be C or D. But it's interesting, if I, if I have a soulship with you and a connection and you wanted to connect, then I just do that. It just it depends on the opportunity too and how much feeling I got from them about them wanting to be connected with me or working with me. Right, well, so let's talk about limiting beliefs. Talk to me about that. Limiting beliefs. So it's so if you ask the question, um, uh, let's see, what specifically? What what specifically makes it hard for me to follow up with people? Mm -hmm. What would you say? What do you believe about the follow up? Uh, that I overwhelming or that um. You yeah, have to. That I'm that I'm going to that I'm going to annoy them. That uh, they were being polite, right? And they don't really want to hear from me, um, right? They were blowing me off when they saw me. They, they right? The, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Just call me back, sure, right? Um, that's definitely a big thing. And there is some of that, but it's kind of like give me your first issue that you said. What did you say, firstly? I didn't um, that uh, <coughs> that I that I. Um, to settle into that um that i don't want to be a pest i don't okay, want to don't i don't want to be, be 
I don't want so to- how specifically yep. is connecting with somebody who asks you to connect with them is being a pest? I'm curious. Yeah, well, I mean, it goes back to, you know, family of origin stuff of, you know, being seen and not heard. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty easy to draw, to draw the line down to, you know, sit still and be quiet. Children are meant to be, you know, seen and not heard. So can you try to get rid of that belief and know that you're not being a pest, you're being of service? You're actually- uh, I mean, intellectually I can, but I, I mean, so if I, I mean, I'm not being facetious, right? I mean, if I could, I would. So, so you know, uh, what, what's, a, what's a technique that I can use to let go of that? Well, I, I work with Katie Byron. I mean, Byron Katie. Uh -huh. I love her. Yeah, I do and, too. You know, after working with Tony, you know, in the brain. Yeah. And Byron Katie on beliefs, I think yeah. is the most profound tool I can suggest to anyone. Number one, is that true? Mm. How do you know it's true? Who would you be without the thought and what's the turnaround? You do the work because it's just ridiculous, the beliefs that we have, but they're so true to us and they sure. stop you in your tracks. So sure. you have to find a way to reduce it to the ridiculous, reframe it and do the work. Now the ego will always find why that's true, but you have to do the work and just kind of work with the brain. So I'm just gonna clarify for folks who are listening who don't know, like Byron Katie's work is actually called The Work. The Work. So when Kathleen is telling us to just do the work, she's talking about a very specific, those four questions are yes. Byron Katie's process. So that is what she's referring to as the work, just to clarify that for the listeners. So, you know, go ahead and, and in your own time, take that on and kind of work through it because I, like I tell my clients, as long as you have this litany of belief systems, mm -hmm. these negative belief systems, yep. it doesn't matter what tools I give you, you're not going to use them because these limiting beliefs have got you stuck and stopped in your tracks. Right. So that's why I don't talk about so much the how to um, follow up because if we don't get this right, then you can't follow up. So I really, you know, and it's a process. You know, when I work with my clients, you know, I have time to reduce it down to the ridiculous and then they're laughing and then can we kind of work through it. And, and then over time, as you release that belief and it's like, God, I can't believe I had that. belief. So just know, I know you're not being a pest. And cool. if you get to do it, you don't have to do it. That's another energy on follow up that I'm really big on. If you are in, I have to energy, mm -hmm. don't do it. Yeah. Don't write a thank you note with I have to. You have to write it with your heart. You know, that heart energy can be felt. If you write a note on I have to, it's dead on arrival. Don't even send it. You yeah. write that note with your heart. So whatever I have to do to shift, go outside, come back, get into gratitude. I do a ceremony and I write a lot of thank you notes because I did customer service training for 20 years. So I'm big, big, big on that. And I love it. If I'm not loving it, I do not do it. So I have to do a brain game to get in a place from I have to, to I get to. That's so interesting because when I teach about disorganized, disorganized, getting organized, right? Decluttering. Yeah. I, yeah. That's one of the few, that's one of the first mindset shifts that I talk to folks about is of all the things you could be dealing with, dealing with too much stuff. I mean, it's a privilege without regard to socioeconomics, right? It's a, you're in a position of privilege to, of all the things you get to let go of things. You don't have to. You are allowed to release things into the universe. You're not dealing with terminal cancer. You're not dealing with, you know, abject poverty. You're dealing with 
an abundance of things, of all the things you could be struggling with. What an amazing gift if you can get your mindset there. So that's super helpful to think about it in terms of business and work as well, right? That this is a privilege that I get to say thank you. I get to do something rather than, oh, Jesus, God, I have to say thank you. I get to clean the toilet. I'm so happy to have two arms and two legs and be able to do it. I'm happy to, you know, I get to. Yeah. yeah, it's like, wow, it's it's the shift. It makes it so easy. I mean, even when I got cancer a few years ago, I had to get to gratitude about the cancer. You know, I get to do this dance again. Right. You know, it took about a month to do that shift. But as soon as I got into gratitude and, you know, cleared out all the other stuff, the angst, the fear, the emotion, the the all of it, and got into gratitude, like, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Really, truly, let's do this. And then it just you can go downhill, it's just easy. Because I have to, it's, it's a long uphill road. It's right. just a great shift, great That tip. is excellent, that's really helpful, thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk all day, and I'm also mindful that we're probably not going to. So as, sure. we, as we come to the end of this episode, but I think we'd love to have you back on the show, why sure. don't you give us um, one last, you know, if there's a parting piece of information that you'd like to share with the listeners, what would you, what would you want people to take away? Hmm. And we can have Quaker moment for a moment. You can just pause. You know, and I truly believe that the core principle to all things for healing, whether it be clear or anything is coming from a place of your heart, you know, really from love. I think when you love yourself, and you love your family, and you love your environment, you know, that spreads out into the world. And that muscle, literally, when you come in from your heart, there's a great company called HeartMath in Santa Cruz. And they have a little machine that you can attach to your ear, and it can literally tell you if you're in your head or if you're in your heart. Wow. wow. So before I walk into a room, I clear out of my head all that Oh, is this going to be worth it? Am I going to meet somebody? Am I going to get, you know, all that manipulative stuff. I don't think like that, but a lot of people do. And so you walk into the room rather than manipulating the situation or wondering how it's going to work or how you can get the most bang for your buck, whatever. And literally, if I walk into a networking event or something in my heart, just being of service, just being of love, how can I serve? How can I help you? The heart, there's studies that it reaches four feet to 10 feet. So you don't have to say anything. If you walk into, people just, they, they're just attracted to that energy. It's amazing. So just find ways to be more loving. Just how can you love yourself? You know, what can you do? Because that starts everything. You know, if you love what you do, then find a way to love to follow up or to clear or to, you know, get to. So I really think it starts with love, That's you know, awesome. all healing, right? That is awesome. Thank you. And, you know, for those who, for the listeners who, who are, who have been around for a while, I mean, we, we know that, you know, the slogan over here at Andrew Mellon is more love, less stuff. So that's. Uh, oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And certainly, you know. Gosh, you can love more when you have not, you don't aren't encumbered with all this. Exactly. Right? You have more time and energy and space. So yeah. keep doing what you do, Andrew and Debbie. Um, uh, I just think you're special. When I first saw your site and got to meet you over the web, I thought, you know what? You truly are a difference maker. 
And I really honor the work that you're doing in the world with the clients. And congratulations. And thank you so much for having me today on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, thank you. I we'll talk about that. Baskin Robbins the next time. Yeah, we yes. will. We will talk. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great, that's a great cliffhanger for the listening <laughs> audience. So, in, our, in our next interview, we'll, we'll discuss Kathleen's um, short but uh, meaningful run at Baskin Robbins. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, everybody. Let Have a blessed day. find out more about you. Where can they find you? Okay, they can go to www.speak. Spectacular. That's T-A-C-U-L-A-R.com, spectacular.com. Or I just launched my business Facebook page. Whee! Nice. I've, been, I've been on a personal page this whole time. So last night I set it all up. So if you want to just search Spectacular in Facebook, you can find me and like me there and, you know, follow what's going on. And certainly if you're interested in a Clutternomics teleclass or seminar, let me know. I'd love to share that with you. Awesome. Thanks Thank again, you. Kathleen, for being with you. Okay. Bye. I can't believe we're saying bye. I know. Okay, bye. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of Unstuff America. We'll see you all back here next week. And until then, more love, less, less stuff. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thanks Thank for you. listening to Unstuff America. Bye. If you like what you've heard, please leave us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit andrewmellon.com, where you can get Andrew's three-day quick start course. It's the quickest way to jumpstart your organizing efforts now.